Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Today, we're, uh, I'm excited. We're, we're, we're taking communion at the end of the service together. Um, and we're looking uh, in, our, in our radical series, looking at radical kindness. And, and if you think about it, what we celebrate later is the, the greatest act of radical kindness in the history of history. Uh, and that's what we get to celebrate because what Jesus did for us. We sang about the power of his blood. And I was just overcome. I mean, I grew up in church my whole life. And uh, so hearing about the blood of Christ being shed for the forgiveness of sins is something normal for me. I don't take it for granted. But every once in a while, it punches me like a sweet uh, gut punch. And uh, I, I was just, we are singing and I was like, whoa, you, you willingly shed your blood because I was a sinner lost and bound for hell and you did that for me and I didn't care when you did it for me and you still did it for me. Man, what a good Jesus we have. So we're looking today at, at this radical kindness and we're going to be looking at stories in, in the gospel um, that, that are, that are amaz- amazing. Uh, but before that, I just, want to, I just want us to imagine for a second just some... Some big possibilities, whether it's something you could do for someone or something someone's done for you. But imagine being sick and infectious with like a life-altering disease and anybody around you could get that. And this person just comes up to you, they get in your personal space at a major risk to their own health just to love you, just to be there for you, just to care for you. Imagine being the most bitter and depressed person around, and having someone stick by you like a best friend, even while you stayed bitter. Imagine doing the worst thing imaginable to someone, and then that guy comes to rescue you. Imagine intending to do harm to someone, and then a tragedy befalls you, and that person you were intending to do harm to came to your rescue, the only one. The only one that would help you was the one you were intending to do harm to. Proverbs chapter 3 tells us to be addicted to kindness. It actually tells us to tie it around our neck and write it on our hearts. I'm guessing so that we don't forget because we're human, very human. But if you tie something around your neck, you're not going to forget it. If you write something on your heart, you're gonna, it's going to be imprinted there and you're going to feel that. And then it goes on to say, you do those things and then you live out that kindness, God's going to reward you. God's going to remember that act, that, that memory. So we're looking at radical kindness today and our goal is that we would live our lives to reach out because of love. Not to get something back, not to, not to give to get, but to, to live to give. To give to bless others simply because I can because we're saved by Jesus. And because we're saved by Jesus, every action and every, every interaction with someone should be as if Jesus is doing it for them. Now let that sink in, because that's been hard for me this week. I got to prepare my heart and deal with some stuff and still struggle through this week as I prepared for this. But think about your actions just in the last week with everyone. Um, you might not be able to remember them all if you're you know, a little bit gray like me or something, but you can remember a lot of them. Has every action and interaction with someone this week been just like Jesus had done it for them or to them? 
I mean, that's convicting. I'm like, well, not on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. <laughs> but Sunday is only 10.30, so I'm doing okay. I've only been awake four hours, five hours, so I, I don't know that I have faltered yet. <laughs> Probably have, but somebody is like, yeah, you did. Uh, so we're going to look at a few stories. Jesus interactions and then, and then Jesus following people who, uh, Jesus followers who interacted First one I'm going to look at is, is this risky kindness that I mentioned earlier. It's found, uh, the story's found in Matthew 8, verses 2 and 3. And it's when Jesus touches the untouchable. There's a leper. And we, we read in the story that, that Jesus is walking along and suddenly this leper comes and he just throws himself down before him. And of course, leprosy is a disease that was very infectious. And that person, you stayed way away from that person. You certainly never touched them or let them in your personal space. Or you were actually ostracized, even if you weren't showing signs of it. And so this leper comes and he just hurls himself down in an act of worship, submission before Jesus. And he says this, he says, Lord, he recognizes Jesus' power. You have the power to heal me. If you really want to. I, I don't know if that was said out of pure submission or human manipulation. I don't know. I, I'm, if I had leprosy back then, I'd use anything in the book that I could do because I wouldn't want to live with leprosy. And, and he's a broken person. Jesus reaches out and touches the leper. Big no-no. And he says, of course, I want to heal you. Be healed. And instantly, it says, all signs of leprosy disappeared. It's an amazing act of risky kindness from Jesus. Now, he's, a lot of times, as in our humanity, we can go, well, he's God, so he knew he wasn't going to get leprosy. So, hey, he's a human. And he's meeting the person right there where they are in the need that they had. Nobody else was going to do it. Nobody else was going to lay a hand on the person and pray for healing. No one else had. He just didn't do it back then. I mean, you were an outcast at that point if you did that for the person. In Ruth, chapter 1, we see this steadfast kindness. This is one that uh, we probably won't run into a lot of people with leprosy. You probably just won't. Um, you, you might run into somebody who has some kind of infection and you, you have to make a decision. Do I just trust you, Jesus, and love them where they are? I don't know. But then, but then we have this one with Ruth. It's a, it's a personal thing going on here. And, and in Ruth, chapter 1... We see her steadfast kindness for her mother-in-law. The mother-in-law lost both sons, and, and one of them was Ruth's husband, and the mother-in-law was just living in bitterness. Her name, Naomi, actually meant, uh, well, she, later on she's like, change it to, to Mara, call me bitter. And, uh, you know, she's, she's like, I'm just a bitter person, and that's what I'm going to be. She was broken, understand? She was bitter, she was broken, and she was extra bitter, right? And then she says, y'all need to go away from me to her two, two daughter-in-laws, and our daughters-in-law, however you'd say that. Uh, and, uh, and, Naomi, and Ruth says to her, I, I'm not going. I, I'm actually, I'm not going to leave you and I'm not going to let you run away from my kindness. I'm going to stick by you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you live, I'll live. Where you die, I'll die. Your God will be my God. She's like, I, I'm sticking with you even if you try to, to outbitter me. I, I'm going to love you here. My kindness is going to Fight through your bitterness, mother-in-law. I mean, that's, that's a good commitment. How, how many of us either we're just living crusty, 
we're living prickly. We're living like you're the, you're the, the sole porcupine and nobody can get to you. Man, you need people to come to you, but, but at the same time, we need to be ones that would go to them. It's so easy to write them off. Well, I tried. I tried. And I get it. I've said that a thousand times in my life. Probably a thousand people said that about me a thousand times too. My life was radically changed because people wouldn't let my, my anger and my bitterness and my unforgiveness and my hatred and just the awful way I live my life. There were people who wouldn't let, them, let, them, let me drive them away. They just loved me. Their kindness. And I remember going, what, what in the world are you being so nice? I, I'm not worth being nice to. I'm not worth caring about. And they just wouldn't stop caring about me. They won me over. They wore me down. You can wear bitterness down with kindness. You can. And we're called to. There's, a, there's an amazing story in Genesis 50. If you look at uh, the story of... It's actually the last basically 10 chapters of Genesis but in, in Genesis 50 it kind of comes to culmination with, with Joseph and, and, his, and his brothers where he's kind and generous to his betrayers. If you know the story of Joseph, uh, he, he was the, the favorite son of 12 boys and, and so his brothers didn't like it so they sold him into slavery and they told dad he got eaten by a wild animal and, and then he didn't live a good life. He was a, you know, for a, for a lot of his life he was, uh, you know, a prisoner, he was uh, a slave, he was imprisoned, he was accused wrongly, all these things. He, he rose through integrity. God rose him to a, a place of, of high status, but he still had no family. And, and then we read this culmination of this story, and his, there's a great famine in the, in, in the world, and the, the nation that he led had stored up all this, all this food, and so his brothers, not knowing that was Joseph, came... To, to ask for food for, for their, their people. And he has a choice to make. And, and it's an amazing story to read. And in, in chapter 43, before we get to the, like the finale of chapter 50, he's with them and they don't recognize him. It's been too long and, and he looks real different. And, and, and it says that he, had to, he, he was actually there with them and he's having a big feast with them and he sees his little brother whom he loved and, and, and he's talking to him and he had to, to go into another room. He got so emotional he was, he was broken. He was broken because of all that was coming into that moment. And he had a choice to make. Do I continue to be kind to them and care for them? Or do I let them have it because I can? Or do I give them the, the hand and let them just go, you know, get, get skinny and dry up? And, and he's thinking all this through because sometimes our acts of being kind to our betrayers or those who've been against us, it weighs on us. Anybody ever been there? Like you have an opportunity to be kind to somebody who's betrayed you or sold you out or destroyed you or tried to destroy you and now you can either be kind or not. And even the thought of being kind, it just, it just wrecks you. So he had to go away and it says he, he wept and then he came back out and he you know, fixed his face or whatever you do as a boy, a man, uh, you know, we don't want to put makeup back on, praise God. Maybe Egyptians did, I don't know. Uh, and then, and, and in, then in chapter 45, we see this, the beginnings of this, this relationship of kindness and, and he reveals himself to his brothers and we see this, 
transformational power of radical kindness. And he says to them, don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me. (laughs) I mean, you're you're not pulling punches. You sold me. And now you're scared, but don't, don't worry. That's not what this is about. This is about what God is asking me to do and what he's done in my life and how, what, how I can minister to you. He's, he's showing radical transformational kindness. The enemy intended to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's telling his brothers. But, but God had a plan. And so Joseph, he chose to be kind and generous to his betrayers in chapter 50, even to the point when dad dies and they're like, uh-oh, the only guy keeping us alive is in the grave now. Joseph says, hey, I'm going to take care of you and, and I'm going to actually take care of your kids too. Like I'm in this for the long haul. This kindness that I'm doing for us is going to go beyond our lifespan. And that's radical kindness because that's tough. In Luke chapter 22, we see One of my favorite stories of Jesus, um, as he shows this this radical kindness to a a true enemy, Uh, if if you know the story, uh, and you can read the the passage yourself in in verses 47 through 52, but he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and and of course Judas is, is betraying him, and he's bringing these soldiers and these temple guards to arrest him, and and Peter, he's like, I'm going to valiantly fight for you, and I don't know if Peter was really, really good at slicing ears off or he was just really bad at sword, sword play. Uh, but he, he gets his sword out and he swings it and he cuts the ear off of one of the guards. And it's just this like mayhem happening here. Because it's unjust. What's happening to Jesus? So I got to fight for him. And Jesus says, stop. That's enough. Let it happen. Even... This unjust and unfair moment, let it happen. Stop fighting, Peter. I mean, that's big. That, just reading that this week and realizing what Jesus was saying, oh man, it like punched me in the gut so many times. I just like, get the week over with and let me preach the message and be done. Because I looked at the life of my nation. This is just me right here being real. And I was like, I want to swing, cut some ears off. I want to do better than ears, you know. It's unjust. It's unfair. It's not right. And God's like, okay, you're not incorrect, son. But what are you going to do? You going to be mad and swing swords the rest of your life? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe I will. I'm obviously as good as Peter at it. I got two on my wall. I mean... But Jesus cancels the battle. Here's, like, there's a guard on the ground without an ear, right? I don't know what it sounds like, feels like. He's probably going, that's my ear, you know? And Jesus stops the mayhem that's unjust and unfair, just wrong as wrong can get. And he leans over to the guard who's there to arrest him. And he touches the man's bloody head. This man who was there to begin to inflict upon our Savior and King the most horrific thing in the history of the world. And he heals him. And his ear grows back. (laughs) This act of kindness towards an enemy 
Jesus heals him. What, actually, the very last thing that Jesus did for a person before he got nailed to a cross was to heal the guy's ear. The guy there to arrest him. It's the last thing Jesus did before they nailed him to a cross. <laughs> Let that sink in. He decided to recreate an ear on someone that he created who was there to arrest him. Imagine how it played out from that point forward. Imagine, imagine Malchus' life, that was the name of the guard. Imagine his life moving forward. Can you imagine how many times he would have told that story until he died? Can you imagine it? I mean, sometimes he's probably going to tell the quick version, and sometimes he's going to tell the long played out version, but, but it was basically, I was thinking about this week, it was kind of like, yeah, when I got up and got my uniform on to go arrest that guy that day, I had two ears, and, and then I only had one ear, and then I had two ears again. And that guy, that guy that we went to arrest and that we later hung on a cross, that guy Jesus, he did that for me. Like, we still arrested him. And then we hung him. And he had put my ear back on. You think his life was changed with kindness? We don't know anything about him, really. There's a lot of supposition that goes on, but it's all just kind of like, suppose, you know, what it is. I, I cannot imagine his life moving forward not being transformed, a follower of Jesus. And if he wasn't, boy, he would have fought tooth and nail his soul the rest of his life. Because if that happens to you, that kind of kindness in that kind of setting, watching the guy hang on the cross afterwards, man, radical kindness changes lives, people. In these stories that we've looked at so far, and and we're going to look at one in just a moment, we see the power that kindness has on people's lives. I mean, Jesus, he demonstrated it through people and he demonstrated it himself. When, when we act in, in radical kindness, when we do something, not just a happy thought or a good feeling or a, yeah, I'll pray for him, you know, but an actual act that we do something, whether it's the person hurting, the person's vicious, the person's a betrayer, the person's intending to do harm, when we do something for him, It changes things. Our kindness coming from just this church can change the world around us. This world needs kindness. Do we need to stand up for for babies being aborted and and the horrible things being enacted in our nation right now? Yes. Yes. We don't stop that. At the same time, we can do both things. We can be kind towards someone who's perceived as an enemy or an enemy of our faith or an enemy of our lifestyle or an enemy of freedom or, or just a bitter person or a hurting person or just an ignorant person thinking they're doing right. All those things. We can either fight them or we can go, you know what? I'm going to also show kindness. And that's hard, right? Grace and truth. Like Jesus can do it perfectly, but it's like, I'm not you. So I tend to go, truth, truth, truth. <laughs> Mercy and justice. Jesus can do that, 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 that perfectly. And I, I tend to go, justice, justice. Give me mercy. Let me show justice. Right? That's me. It's probably most of you. <laughs> so we need the spirit of the living God in us to help us walk out this tension. 
so that we can walk balanced with mercy and justice, with grace and truth. And it's hard. If you don't have the Holy Spirit leading you, you will be truth and justice. You just will. Or you'll just run away and hide and quit everything. We need the Spirit of the living God in us, and He does dwell in the life of a believer to help us walk this out. We can change the world. So, so how about you? Where, where are you? What, what do you need Jesus to do in your life right now? Maybe you're, you're in need of the, the ultimate kindness of Jesus, the forgiveness of your sins, that, that when he shed his blood on the cross and, 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 he, and he offered up his body as a sacrifice to pay your sins, to pay your debt, to pay what you cannot pay. Maybe you need that in your life right now. That's the first thing you need to start this new life in Christ. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And you're like, I want that guy. I want that guy that would do that for a leper or, or do that for an enemy. I want that guy to love me. And whether you're here or you're listening or you're watching, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, know this. He wants to give you his entire perfect righteous life and take all your mess. And it's a free gift. But it does have to be accepted. He's not going to force it upon you. But it is an offer that he makes you. Will you accept my perfect, holy, blameless life? And let me take your mess and help transform you along the way. Like Stennis was talking about that, that transforming and, and renewing of the mind. That happens along the way. But it starts with, I give up. I surrender all, Jesus. Here, take this mess I am. And, and I, I'll follow you all the days of my life. You have to make a decision. If you've never made that decision, you can make it right now. You just, Jesus, I believe in you. And I want to follow you. And I'm a mess. And I don't get it all. But you don't need me to be perfect. You perfect me. You just do that right now. And maybe you're a follower. And you're just like, I just want to come home. I'm afraid he's mad at me. He's not. He's not. He's not mad at you. He's, he'd actually, he's actually excited that, you're coming, that you want to come back. Your, your return excites him, just like the, the story of the prodigal son. The dad gets so excited, he's got to throw a party. He can't, he can't get it all in at the same time. He's like, robe, shoes, ring, party. I can, oh, let's do it all right now. That's our God. Maybe you need to be saved from something or, or healed somehow. Maybe physical healing or maybe it's a, in a, it just in a huge way of soul healing. Like, like Naomi, she was just bitter and hurt. She just needed healing and the kindness that came, transformed her life. And we see, you know, she, we see the story play out and, and, and the story of Ruth play out and, and Naomi gets to hold uh, this, this child who then becomes an ancestor of David and an, and an ancestor down the line of Jesus. All because her daughter-in-law showed her radical kindness and stuck by her side. Maybe you need that kind of healing. Maybe you need to be saved from some kind of a habit of the mind or habit of the body. And Jesus wants to do that. Like I hear him, I read him say to the leper, yeah, I want to heal you. He wants to say to you right now, I want to heal you. Let me heal you. Kindness transforms this world into a community where love and joy can flow freely the right way. True love, true joy from, from heaven itself can flow. And, and, and it and it gets turned on with acts of kindness that we live out. Broken places get healed. That's gospel living. That's radical kindness. And it shows very obviously a faith like Jesus. 
In 2 Samuel chapter 9, it's, it's one of my absolute favorite stories. King David um, is, is just, you know, he's on the throne and, and he's looking for, it says that he's looking for someone in Saul's family to bless. Now Saul was the previous king who tried to literally pin David to the wall a couple times with a spear, spent the last part of his life as a king pursuing David to try to kill him. God's anointed king, <laughs> he's trying to kill him. And, and David said, who's left in his family that I can find to show kindness to? I mean, that's undeserved kindness. Because the norm of the day was kill anybody with that blood in them so that that person doesn't come back to, to get me. And David shows this undeserved kindness. He, he says, is, are, is anyone still alive? I want to show God's kindness to them. And he even goes further than his own. He's like, I don't want to show my kindness because it's tainted. I want to show God's kindness. And he finds Mephibosheth, again, a great name, to name your child. You name your child that. Uh, and he finds him hiding. His feet are broken. He's crippled. He's hiding out, scared to death. He's of the wrong bloodline, an enemy of David. All the things going against him that could be going against him, and he's out there, and David finds him, and he says, come, be a part of my family. Sit at my table like one of my sons. I mean, that, it, it's a beautiful story of, of David stooping down to rescue an enemy, to care for an enemy, to, to love an enemy, to show radical and undeserved kindness to an enemy, just like Jesus showed to us on the cross. And, and the reason that we're called to show this kind of, of radical love and, and, and radical kindness to people is, is found in Ephesians chapter 4, where we see that that we're called to not let our actions grieve God, not to grieve the Holy Spirit, and to show this sweet kindness. And, and, and Paul writes, he says, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit at salvation. There's a seal put on us. Until that awesome day when Jesus comes to get you. So don't grieve God or take for granted the transformation he did in your life. In other words, live it out for other people. Don't hold on to it. And, 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 and hoard it like Jeremy talked about hoarders last week. He says, lay aside, banish, get rid of slander, anger, bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, the dislike of others, cutting remarks, profanity, malicious thoughts, insults. He says, get rid of those things. And if, if all those things aren't enough and you're like, well, I don't do any of those things. He ends it with this, and all types of wrong behavior. Got me. I was doing good, but I, was, I found one that I, well, I didn't need to mention. All types of wrong behavior. And then he says, instead, be kind, be sweet, be affectionate toward one another. Toward those who love you so much and are perfect? Nope. Toward one another. Did God graciously forgive you? Forgive others. Did he? So did he? Did he forgive you? If he forgave you, be gracious and kind. We're called to have sweet kindness. We were sinners, and then God saved us through Jesus' substitution on the cross. So we're different now. We're going to go into, a, we're, going to, we're going to take time to pray real quick uh, in our radical prayer time on, 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 on asking the Lord to show us what to do, and then we're going to, uh, we're going to sing a song and pass out communion after that. But 
But going into this, this time of radical prayer, here's what I felt the Lord very specifically said this week. And I, again, I've had a week to walk this through and, and find my justification, my rationalizations, and my excuses, and then be convicted. So I'm not expecting you to be there. It, you're probably a lot of you are a lot better than me at it. I fight it. But I felt like God said, there is someone for everyone to literally show an act of kindness to. And, and, and it's someone who needs that. Now, everybody needs kindness. So when he said that, I felt like he was saying, an enemy, a broken person, somebody who's hurt you, somebody who's wronged you, somebody who's tried to destroy your life. So who is that person in your life? Not like, like it's easy for me to be kind to Jeremy. He's like one of my absolute best friends in the world. It's easy. And that's not bad. I believe God's saying the person who's against you, the person who's just totally broken and won't, like they won't even let you love them. Like who is that person? Who is it this week? And not like, man, 2022, I'm going to be kind to that guy. Nope. This week, someone in your life that is there, that you can, all those stories, they were with each other. They were with each other. It wasn't like I wrote a letter to, they were with each other. Who is it this week? What does it look like that's practical, that's real, that's personal, that's in their space? When you look at these stories you looked at, here just some one-liners I felt like God gave me for us to be challenged by as we go to prayer. To, to literally get in their space and touch that person that no one goes near. That's risky. To commit to stick beside that bitter one steadfast. To pay back blessing in spite of the terror done to you. That's life-bringing. To reach out to your enemy. It's radical. To stoop down to make an enemy your own family. That's undeserving. Would you stand with me as we, as we pray? And then when I close, we're going to sing a song while they hand out the worship elements and then we'll come back up. I'll come back up and we'll take them together. But Lord, we want to live radical lives that showcase and, and, and like a megaphone, shout out the life of Jesus in us. The, the, the faith that we have looks like Jesus is actually living it out. And that sounds so good and so fun and so nice so often. And then sometimes it sounds so hard to be kind to just someone who's just hard. To be kind to someone who's hurt us. And maybe, God, in this, you're going to have to heal us because we've not gone there yet. So where we need healing as we step into kindness, would you heal us? Jesus, would you heal us? You have the power to. Would you? Would you heal us? Lord, I pray that if it's not clear to everyone in this room and everyone listening and everyone watching, if it's not clear right now who to go to and to do that act of kindness towards that radical kindness for if we don't know that person yet that you would show us right now there is someone for every one of us 
I have no doubt that's what you're calling us to do. This is following you in faith. This is real life in you, Jesus. So show us. Show us the person. And if you show us the person, God, I I just believe the act will come naturally to us. What we need to do. And it's hard. God, I don't want to. But I want to. God, some of us want to and are excited to run out of here and do that. And and for some, we don't want to. So help us want to. Because ultimately, we want to follow you, Jesus, in every single way. To be disciples. To be following believers. To be many Jesuses to this world around us. Show us. Heal us where we need to be healed. And then help us live it out. Jesus, you did the ultimate force at the cross so that we could live this life. So whatever you need to do to, to convict us to move forward, do it. Whatever you need to do to motivate us to move forward, do it. We don't want to grieve you, God. No one wants to grieve you in here. We want to show sweet kindness, so help us to show sweet kindness. Get rid of all that once hindered us and, and be kind, tender, and forgiving to others. You know, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit our media page on hcfburnet.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.